Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of In the Foxhole. We are back for another round. Normally we go on Thursdays, but just scheduling wise, it worked out better for today. So we've got Karen Kingston back. Uh, we're going to have an interesting, interesting conversation, I think. Uh, and, you know, especially in light of, you know, obviously Ken Paxton's lawsuit and there, there's some dissenting, differing opinions on it. So I think I think it'll be good to kind of dive into the, 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 the lawsuit and the ins and outs of it. What's true, what's not true and all of that. But but Karen, I'm glad we could sit down and chat again. How, how how's it how's it going for you? Anything anything new on on your Substack that people definitely need to go check out? Yeah, I just broke um, this. The news broke on Monday, but nobody's covering it, of course, on our side. But the uh, breaking breaking news, not just uh, no Ken Paxton was last week, but Pfizer's Chinese based mRNA manufacturer Wujing Biologics uh, plummeted 25 percent on Monday, and the Hong Kong Stock Exchange actually had to stop trading because uh, they wiped out almost $6 billion in market cap. And uh, it's now down below $30, just like Pfizer is. And so that's Pfizer's mRNA LMP manufacturing partner in China, the biggest one. Yeah. What, 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 do, you, what, do, you, what do you make of that, of, the, of, of their stock plummeting? Because I, I, saw, I saw that headline. I didn't get a chance to, to watch, to actually read through it. But what do you, what do you, make, what do you make of that? Yeah. So they, um, Wuji uh, presented a, a a presentation, an investor presentation on Monday as well. And what they uh, claim is that there's just a significant decrease in demand for mRNA LNPs. Um, and the uh, mRNA LNP sector of synthetic biology is even now talking about uh, withdrawing any, um, any candidates for the flu vaccine. So to stop that, they said because 
essentially when people got injected with mRNA for the flu vaccine or with COVID, uh, they started comparing side effects and the conversations don't bode well for, for the, the sector. So I, I think uh, this is, there's a lot of signs, including the Ken Paxton lawsuit against Pfizer, uh, the deaths out of New Zealand, uh, the, the industry themselves saying we should withdraw from flu, and then Pfizer clearly uh, terminating their, um, their, their 2024-23 uh, contracts or agreements for production for mRNA. I think it's a, these are real strong signs that the mRNA uh, sector may be failing uh, and may actually, you know, at, at this point, it would seem that they would have to pull it off the market uh, and potentially hope to try to resurrect it in five to 10 years, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's damning. And I think, I think an important part of it too was bringing to light, and Dr. Mohal Chia was so important about this, that the mRNA LMPs are nanoparticle technologies, they're gene editing technologies, and they're being used to create multi-species vegetarian meats, you know, and they're being aerosolized. And so bringing up that awareness is, it, it, ha it seems to be having a seismic effect around the globe. Yeah, well, I'm 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 praying and I'm hoping, and I think the evidence is, is pointing to the fact that I think I think a lot of people are wake are waking up to that. It it is interesting because I'll still talk to people that obviously they pay attention to the mainstream media. They're still watching the Fox News and the CNN and all that kind of stuff. And and it's interesting, even if, even if they'll consent that or concede that the that the mRNA jabs, the bioweapon injections and all that kind of stuff that are bad, they cause harm, we shouldn't be injecting anybody with them. Even if they'll concede that, they'll still say what the M mRNA technology is phenomenal. This is the future. This is you know, this is they're still buying into that hype. It's just it was applied wrong when it comes to the, to the vaccines. It's like this is the exception. Like is there is there a positive when it comes to mRNA? Yeah. Is is there is it only bad? Yeah, I mean, like mRNA's sister, if you will, is, you know, is CAR T cell therapy, chimeric antigen receptor T cell therapy. You know, to my knowledge, the only one that's available right now is Chimera made by Novartis. It's a million dollars for the treatment. So this stuff is actually very expensive, too. People don't recognize that. And uh, they're in trouble with the FDA as well. So Chimera has been around for seven years now or eight years. Um, and it's, you know, um, infusion, you know, with again, you're infusing your body with genetic material that's foreign to it to treat aggressive cancers because when your body expresses DNA that's not from it, it'll try to kill it. So it's a horrible idea, mRNA. Like, why are you training our bodies or our children's bodies to express genetic material that is foreign to that child or foreign to that adult? Because all that does is then induce immunogenicity, which is having the humoral in the, the humoral response of the body, learn how to kill itself. Or as Bio, BioNTech said in their mission statement, that's Pfizer's IP partner, intellectual property partner, harnessing the immune system's response uh, to fight human disease. So their mission statement is literally saying, we're teaching through our technology, we're teaching the human immune system to kill the human. That's what it says. It says the disease of humans. So they don't, I mean, they don't even cover it up. So I think that's coming to light and make no mistake, the Ken Paxton lawsuit hit November 20th, right? Less than a week later, uh, Pfizer stock plummeted, you know, that Friday closed down. And then on Monday, their biggest China-based manufacturing partner, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange had to stop trading because it was, it was plummeting so bad. Uh, and, and there were two other mRNA-based uh, Chinese companies that, that dropped 10% too on Monday. So 
this this lawsuit, you know, um, I don't know why people think it has shortcomings. I mean, it's it. I you can see I read the whole thing. I have all these little post-it notes <laughs> on it. Um, but it's brilliantly written, and you know, Ken Paxton is like he is just setting the stage for there to be criminal charges brought against. Um, Albert Burla, the CEO, and Scott Gottlieb, the FDA commissioner, former FDA commissioner, Pfizer board member, you know? So it's it's great. And, and you know, one of the, uh, Ken Paxson's top um, sponsors, you know, that, what do you call it? Donors, was that what yeah. you called people that support? Okay. Probably, yeah, yeah. You can see how, you can tell how rich I am. I'm like, what do you call people <laughs> that give you money? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to find one of those, please. I'd like to find one of those people. I'd love to find one of those people. Anyway, he um, and I, I was in touch with Paxton's office through Clay Clark a while ago, but he he sent me the civil investigation in May and said, do you have any comments? And I said, I think it looks fantastic. I said, there's um, uh, there's only two things that I would focus on. There were actually three, but two of the things I said, um, I would specifically ask for and look at every media per appearance that Albert Burla, the CEO, made. And I would also take a look at uh, Scott Gottlieb, you know, every media appearance he made, because he's, again, a board member who's on CNBC, like, regularly, and his Twitter account and his interactions with Twitter. Uh, and then I just said I'd take a look at their healthcare provider communications, too, which was already in there. So um, this lawsuit basically goes through every media appearance that Albert Burla, you know, went on and lied to the American people and global citizens and Scott Gottlieb's, you know, um, basically trolling of Alex Berenson, you know, who former New York Times reporter and calling, you know, calling Twitter and saying, you need to kick this guy off your platform. You need to blackball him. You need to silence him. And he literally sent emails. He's saying, you know, we can't have Alex Berenson, you know, on Twitter. This is why Tony needs security clearance. So he's talking about Anthony Fauci on the NIH. So I assume he was saying we need to get clearance for Tony to look at to, to basically troll Twitter with me as well. So it's really, really damning. And I think what's most important is that Paxton is setting the stage and it, you know, it, these are Al I'm sorry, these are Albert Burla's own words where Albert Burla just blatantly lied to the American people. So there's uh, five counts against um, against Pfizer and 18 violations of the Deceptive Trade Practices Act. And, you know, the foundation for that act is that a manufacturer, you know, or a service provider, you know, a person, individual, um, but this case would be Pfizer, acted in an unconscionable manner. So that means that they misrepresented information or they used terminology um, that only if you had a very highly, highly specialized expertise would you understand what it was. So. Um, so when he said it was 95% effective, being Pfizer and Albert Burla, they were talking about relative risk reduction. So no, no one understood that that meant 95% effective meant that was the difference between 162 people getting infected in the placebo group and eight people in the Pfizer group. And so out of almost 40,000 people in total, both groups had less than a 1% chance of getting infected. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And you were 95% confident that you would have less than a 1% chance of getting infected if you got the vaccine for less than two months. So that was never explained by Albert Burla. People thought they had a 95% chance of not getting infected. Uh, so they said they misrepresented that. He misrepresented the durability, which was again, there was no efficacy anyway. You know, he said there was, it, it was robust for six months when they only had two months of data. He, he uh, misrepresented transmission uh, where it's clear in the FDA approval, the FDA authorization, the FDA filings that they never even measured for infection, person to person infection. And he misrepresented uh, protection against variants. So. He went on, uh, again, I think it was NBC saying, I don't worry about variants. You know, I'm not making vaccines that people don't need. This is 100% effective against the South African variant. They never tested it against South African variant or Delta variant. And the CDC data showed with the Delta variant, more people were infected and hospitalized and died from the Delta variant who were vaccinated than were unvaccinated. So he blatantly lied to people and they call it a deception campaign. And what I'm saying is, you know, and I agree, that's a great term to call it a deception campaign, because people need to realize that they were deceived, they were lied to, and they were manipulated. And that's a violation of the De Deceptive Trade Practices Act in Texas, because they then used a product, you know, or they were injected with this inoculation that, that they or their children were injected with that they never would have agreed to if they had known the truth about the product. As you were saying, it's like the informed consent. Yeah. So um, I say Albert Burler went on a lying spree, which in effect resulted in a killing spree, right? Um, as vaccinations go up in this country, uh, the, the incidence of hospitalization and death also increased. And it specifically increased, um, there's analysis done in Europe across 22, um, uh, like count, like you'd think of counties like we'd have here. And they found that as vaccination went up in those populations, deaths among babies, toddlers, and children increased. So there was a direct correlation between vaccinating the family and uh, babies, toddlers, and young children dying who weren't vaccinated due to the shedding. So there's that data. So this is, um, I think this is the beginning of the end. I really do. And. Yeah. And the angle he's taking, Jeff, you'll appreciate it because it was what you and I actually were debating about where you're like, well, this comes down to informed consent. And that's what uh, Ken Paxton is saying. It's not it's it's not even just that uh, people were not given the information about Pfizer, but it's that Albert Burla lied. Pfizer lied. Scott Gottlieb lied. And and that's that's what they're bringing forward. Yeah, because because I remember and, and I've mentioned this multiple, multiple times to you. I remember, I remember when when the FDA approval letter came out for Comirnaty, and and I'm, I'm I remember they used the exact numbers that you were talking about there with that forty thousand people. I remember like I did live yeah. on the show the day the day that they did the the approval. I had had my phone running a calculator, running the numbers for people, just so that way they could see. I was like, there's a, like a zero point. I think it's zero point four percent increase in increase in protection you like it's basically like 99.7 versus 99.3 percent protection natural immunity versus 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 vaccine i'm like it's basically nothing like like statistically speaking if you're looking at the entire forty thousand people it's basically nothing nothing according to it's, their, it's literally their nothing yes it's literally nothing statistically clinically speaking it's nothing we yeah. we i've worked in the industry 25 years i did promotional materials for a decade 
We never gave a tenth of a percent as a number for anything. And by the way, efficacy, you have to have 30% solid absolute risk reduction versus placebo. So that means typically for a normal effective product, you would say that in the vaccinated group, 90% uh, of the people didn't get infected, where in the placebo group, 60% of the people didn't get infected. That would be like, you'd have to at least show that much of a difference. So, uh, so the placebo group, you know, if the placebo group had, I don't know, they said, um, you know, 5,000 people infected, uh, then that would have shown efficacy, but they, they didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and, and I'm glad as well, and, and you explained this very well, uh, you know, for people that are watching this, but I'm glad that Paxton is focusing on on the lies that, that Burla made. Uh, but what, because, because what, what, one of the things that they kept running around with is like 95%, you know, uh, effective, safe, it's, it's effective, it's going to stop you from, it'll only be like, yeah. so I remember, I remember there's this one interview that Anthony Fauci gave, and I think, it, I want to say it was like on MSNBC, but maybe it was on one of the other major networks. And, and, you know, he was explaining uh, that it was 95% effective. We know that it's 95% effective. And, and the, the host clarified, what do you mean by 95% effective? And, and he basically explained, it means that basically we'll have a breakthrough case of one out of every 20. And I'm like, that's statistically not even what the numbers are talking about. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not an actual 95% effective rate. What, what the heck are you talking about? And Anthony Fauci, yeah. I guarantee you, knew exactly what he was talking about. Oh, I guarantee he did. Yeah, no, everyone was simply, they were simply lied to. They were deceived. They were manipulated. And I think that it's important for people to, to understand that. And I, you know, I think the bigger uh, takeaway is I've been right the whole time. <laughs> Pfizer can be sued. No, like, you know, and I, I, I said this on Stu Peters. I said this on um, some other interviews I've been doing this week is that the concept that Pfizer can't be sued was a psyop. And, you know, I think you, you rec you've seen this, you've witnessed this. It's triggering a lot of people. And I think that's evidence that it's a psyop. I mean, actually, I know that's evidence that's a psyop because um, as Dr. Robert Malone has explained, when you're a victim of a psyop, you don't know who your enemy is and you don't you don't even know that you're being lied to like you full heartedly believe everything so that when you are faced with the truth you don't believe it so there are people who still think that this lawsuit isn't real or i saw i was horrified i was actually embarrassed for this person who condemned ag ken uh ken paxton for for not bringing forward how they really can't do anything under EUA law. I was like, that is absurd. And and that's the other thing, Jeff, is that I don't understand how so many people in our movement got misled into thinking that because Congress passed some clauses in 3,000 page bills over the past 20 years between PrEP, Popper, and Cures Act. Like I know, I'm very familiar with these laws. I was the first one to break the 2017 guidance on EUA products. But there is no judge in Texas that's going to go, um, okay, so Ken Paxton and your legal team, you're showing me that Albert Burla, Pfizer, Scott Gottlieb, they lied to the American people in regards to the product wasn't effective, it wasn't durable, it didn't protect against anything, it couldn't stop transmission, it didn't work against the variants, and Pfizer schemed or conspired with social media to make sure the truth never got out there. And they covered up the actual effects of myocarditis 
which sometimes could be sudden death in young, healthy adults and children, resulting in Texans becoming disease disabled or dying. But Pfizer has a get out of jail free card from the emergency use authorization because they're a covered person. Oh, okay, I'm going to say attempted assault or assaulted battery and murder and fraud and defrauding Texans is legal because the, the Congress said that there was under a public health emergency and we can operate worse than Nazi Germany. A judge isn't going to do that. And I don't think people understand what, do they not know that law operates at the state level? Like we operate at the state level and yeah, we, we cannot violate our constitution, although I know that's happened and stuff, but like we have our own constitutions and our own state laws. So, you know, an abortion in California would be considered murder, a late term abortion in like Texas. And, and I'm, I don't understand why people think, oh, because there's this clause that was signed into law by Obama in 2016, oh, well then there's nothing we can do. It doesn't make sense to me why people, and, and, and why would you think that? Yeah, well, it, it, it is, it's, it's, I, th I think, the, I think the problem is a lot of people are, Obviously, they're being they're being misled by a wide variety of different people. Again, in my in in my opinion, I know you know you just said this as well. There's there's been massive psyop campaigns that have gone on with within our movement. Obvious, obviously, there was a massive psyop campaign that went on within the mainstream media that has completely brainwashed and manipulated the everyday American that don't really pay attention all that much. But then within our movement, we've we've got a bunch of people that they'll read every single article, watch every single video that talks about all, all this kind of stuff. And even they've been misled in in some of these areas to focus in, in in the wrong directions. And if you look at the result of a lot of these talking points, like what you and I are talking about here, about you know some of these narratives, it's like who ends up being protected by this narrative? You always have to ask that. Who's being protected? It's always Big Pharma and Pfizer. Like it, it always is. It's 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 never that the government's being protected. It's never that all these other people are being protected. In fact, they're throwing the government under the bus because they know. Guess what? You 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 try to sue the government, you're going to be stonewalled to, to who knows how long. You're never going to get. Oh yeah. Them. You know what I mean? And so but, so they're well, throwing them under the bus. Yeah, and the, the thing about this case too, that everyone's like, well, this is going to take five years, and then Pfizer's just going to shuffle their money and they put it in offshore accounts. I'm like, okay, you've never heard of Sarbanes Oxley, obviously, but anyway. The reason why this isn't going to take five years is because they have a non-monetary injunctive relief, which is the restraining order. They're like, we need to stop Pfizer from suppressing the truth about their mRNA injections, right? So that's going to allow this to be expedited. This is not going to be dragged out for five years. Now, if they listed the DOD as a partner with Pfizer on this, you're looking at 15 years and nothing getting done, right? It's going to take forever. So the fact that they put a, a restraining order, a non-injunctive relief in here, that is huge. And they also won't let Pfizer declare bankruptcy to get out of paying Texas. So this is really brilliantly written. And, and I, I think people opine on it and they don't understand what they're reading. They, they don't Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, 
This kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. They don't know, I hate to say it, but they don't know what the words mean in this document. And um, I think that's a big part. Like some people are saying, oh, it's only for $10 million. I'm like, no, the prayer for relief is a minimum of $10 million, 10,000 per violation. There's 18 violations. Uh, that would be $180,000. But let's, for simple, simple math, $100,000. Let's say there's 10 violations that they're found guilty of times 3.5 million Texans. That's over a quarter trillion dollars. That's $350 billion. So, um, so, so this is really, really well done. And um, it's going to allow for, again, an expedited process. And one of the things Ken Paxton brilliantly pointed out, by the way, was that the reason why they're targeting Pfizer is because under their Operation Warp Speed contract with the government, they did not accept one cent for the clinical trials. They paid for the clinical trials on their own. They worked with the FDA independently. Uh, they did not accept one cent in research or development for their mRNA uh, technology. So they own their mRNA technology and their mRNA vaccine intellectual property. Uh, and it's not partially owned by the government like Moderna and J&J. &J. So I thought that was really a brilliant point. I don't know where he got that from, but I thought it was very important to point out that Pfizer's contract, unlike Moderna, leaves them vulnerable to be sued. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's 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 interesting, uh, you know, from from that perspective too. Because again, there's there's so many different narratives that, that are running with it within our movement. You know, we got to focus on the DoD because the, the D. Like I, I remember in and and okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say the doctor because everybody knows the doctor, and I don't want to throw him under the bus because I actually like the guy. But I remember, you know, he he came on my show and he's like, basically, the Department of, of Defense owns the 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 vaccine this was several months ago he's like they owns the vaccine they they basically ran the entire operation and then they just used pfizer and moderna as basically their the, the face of it the marketing team whatever it is but it was really the department of defense that they did they did everything and and it's like i a i remember even back then i was like i i don't know if that's necessarily necessarily but true the, but the doctor he didn't do his own research he, someone gave him that inf that information. i'm sure i'm sure he was just repeating what what somebody else told him yeah 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 no i saw someone still show these slides too and they're like they've got all all these manufacturers which are contracted with the dod like patheon and and yeah. whatnot and they're like well, these are all military contracts and it's like well it says in pfizer's contract that the military doesn't doesn't have marching rights that means the military 
had no authority to oversee Pfizer's manufacturing, which explains why they were doing it in China with Wuji Biologics, right? When you take a look at this expert's slide saying Pfizer's manufacturers are Patheon, which is part of Thermo Fisher and all these other companies, I'm like, I'm sorry, where's Sino Biologics, right? Where is Wuji? Where is Wuji Biologics? Where are all these Chinese companies that Pfizer's working with? Oh, they're not on there. Yeah, because they're not contract with the US government. Pfizer's in a lot of trouble. Like, and, and, I, and I guess what I'm wondering, Jeff, is like why people want to remain this victim? Why, why do they want to say, you know, even Laura Ingram. So like, I, I see like people that weren't awake originally. It's almost as if once they do wake up, then we're here to quote unquote, comfort them or catch them, but then tell them, oh, we know what happened to you was horrible, but there's nothing you can do. Laura Ingram, when she had Dr. Mahaltra on and he was saying, potentially you could sue Pfizer. Laura was like, no, 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 no. She goes, if, if Pfizer knowingly harmed adults and children, she goes, there needs to be criminal charges. She's like, yeah, sue them, but there needs to be criminal charges too. So, you know, once people start waking up, they're going to want to sue Pfizer. They're going to want Pfizer to go to jail. They're going to want Albert Burley to go to jail, which he can do under Sarbanes-Oxley or just under, you know, criminal, other criminal, under criminal law. But why would we say, no, that's not something you want to do? That, that, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, 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 again, we have, we have to look at who benefits from this and it's, it's, it's always Pfizer. So obviously, so obviously some, somebody somewhere up the, up, up the line of the, the chain is, is providing cover for them. Right. And then people mm -hmm. more than likely it's one, maybe two people. Everybody else is just repeating what they're hearing. And, but that's really how psyops work. It's not, it's not like Pfizer is, con is contracting with a million different, you know, influencers within the medical freedom movement in, or in order to push the psyop. It only takes one or two influential people. And then everybody just starts repeating what they're saying. That, like, that's really how a lot of these psyops actually work. It, and, and that's how they also kind of keep it under wraps to a certain degree of keep it super secretive of less people that know the better. And you just get a bunch of people to, to repeat what one or two main primary influential people yeah. say. There, there's a, uh, uh, I was just saying podcasters used to work with Steve Peters and she actually said, I mean, she insinuated that I was controlled opposition because I was saying we should sue Pfizer. And they, she did a whole podcast called suing Pfizer hopium. It's the DOD stupid, like, and, and said, I was controlled opposition. She, and she literally said, she goes, she goes, um, that's exactly what Pfizer wants you to do. They want you to try to sue them so they can just do, 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 carry on to what they're doing. And I was like, and I mean, I'm sorry, she called, she called me stupid, but I'm like, are you, how dumb can you be? Pfizer's getting sued. What happened? Their stock plummets 40%. Their biggest manufacturing partner in China plummets 45%. So the Hong Kong Stock Exchange has to stop trading. Pfizer pulls tens of millions of dollars out of bio, the international advocacy group for um, for the whole biotech industry, right? And they were the major sponsor. Albert Burler was the keynote speaker in 2021. So by suing Pfizer, how are you saying that's what they want? Yeah, that's what Pfizer wants. Oh, they're renegotiating their $43 billion acquisition of the cancer company CGen, you know, and again, and they're canceling all their contracts, their stock is plummeting, they removed $2 of earnings per share, you know, they're shutting down their partnerships in China. That's, of course, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it makes it makes no it makes absolutely no sense. But it, but it's also what's 
what's frustrating because you know I know I know the person that that, that you're talking about and won't necessarily say the name, but I've I've gotten in, yeah. in I've gone and in, gotten into it with her before uh, about about a couple different things. And but what's interesting about a, a lot of these people that are doing a lot of these these kinds of attacks and 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 things like that and in critiquing, let's say, this lawsuit and the, and the strategy of even going after Pfizer, a lot of times they get they get overly defensive. And then th- what they end up doing is they start ma- trying to make you know personal attacks and smears against people that are actually telling the truth. And for example, in, in that example that you gave, where you know they're basically they're basically saying, "Look, if you believe this, you're just stupid." What is that? That's a tactic in order to get an audience to to believe that somebody is discredited without actually having to discredit the merits of what they're saying. That that's an age old smear tactic in you know that that a lot of people use when they don't actually have the truth on their side. And I see this happening over and over and over again. And I think people need to realize this: you're being deceived when this happens. You have to look through that. Are they actually saying something that's substantive, or are they just trying to use a smear in order to discredit the other side? But but again, but it it's saying someone you know. I guess it's in context though too. It's like. Pfizer has a criminal track record, okay? Yeah. And they, they have a history, been, yeah. They have a history. So there is standing, right? And there is standing on, you know, when a manufacturer or company commits fraud. That's what Sarbanes-Oxley is about. And there's dozens and dozens of cases in Texas where there is standing. Um, and they're in all, all states. I think you're going to see other AGs get on board. Um, you know, there's... So... You know, like I, when I, you know, when someone said that, like, the clinical trials were imaginary play theater, that to me was a very absurd, insane kind of thing to say coming from the industry. Like, it doesn't make any sense because, as you know, you saw, you looked at the FDA data. The FDA data was submitted. You know, uh, Brooke Jackson, she, she worked with a contract research organization, Ventavia. You know, are, are you saying she's imaginary that, like, you know, and Ventavia is part of ICANN, like this, there, it didn't, so things like that to me, I did kind of um, get frustrated because to me that was just, uh, it, it just seemed, it seemed insane. It just seemed like well, an well, insane thing to make up. But to say that Pfizer can't be sued, to me that all, like to say they can't be sued or they can't, no criminal charges can be brought against them. Or I heard this insane thing that Pfizer's actually part of the U.S. government and military. So that was going around for a little while, too. And I'm like, they're, that, that's, they're a publicly traded company. We, stop it. You're not making it. It just sounded like a child making things up. Well, just, and, 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 yeah. Well, and and, and I, I remember a lot of these same people that, that are running with these exact same arguments that, that you're bringing out. They were also mm-hmm. saying not not only were, were the trials kind of like theater and all that, but the FDA approval was was fake and theater and did and didn't yeah. actually, didn't actually happen and, and i and i remember seeing some of this kind of stuff and i'm like where do you get where, where in the world are you getting this information now it would be one thing if they're like look i i infiltrated into the into the fda and i sat in on, on the meeting and they did a fraudulent something or other because and i saw them switch the letters it's not the actual le- like if you did something like that, you're like, okay, cool. You're, you're like doing a Project Veritas thing. But you've got people that are just a- abstract making these ridiculous claims. And it's the same people that are right now pushing the, this narrative that you can't sue Pfizer. And at a certain point, you have to look at what is their track record. Their track record is constantly providing cover for Pfizer. 
I'm not going to say why. I'm not going to put motive out there, but you have to look at the facts of it. The fact of it is it's the same people that push that narrative are now pushing this narrative right now. Yeah, and, and, and the FDA approval did happen, but as I said, it was unlawful. So the EUA laws were passed, but as I said, they are unlawful laws. So what is Texas bringing uh, charges against Pfizer for? For acting in an unlawful manner under this Deceptive Trade Practices Act. And everyone's like, that's not enough. They should be hanging from the deuces. I was like, this is going to stop Pfizer in their tracks. It's going to educate people to the extent of the lies and manipulation and deceit that they engaged in, along with Scott Gottlieb, you know? And believe you me, Tony Fauci is not gonna come out of this, you know, um, clean either. So, cause, cause there's a lot of coordination there and Pfizer shouldn't have been coordinating with the government. So you can't, like you, you and I talked about, like if you can't see the government um, quickly and, and effectively, but Pfizer will, you know, let them drag them into court and say, they told me to do it. And let's see how that plays out. Let's see like Texas judge go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're saying uh, the Joint Chief of Staff, Millie, told you to do this or Lloyd Austin told you to do this or a head of the DOD. Oh, OK, then you have a get out of jail free card for for killing innocent uh, Texan adults and children. That's not going to happen. Well, I mean, to, to, to me, to me, lo logically, let's just even let's just let's just even take take that assumption. Right. Let, let's say that that's going to be that's going to be their excuse. Right. It, it, it's like, OK, so the strategy would be you go after Pfizer, you prosecute them. They're going to try to, to, to put the skate the, to put the government as the scapegoat. That doesn't, like you said, it doesn't excuse Pfizer's behavior, right? So they still need to be prosecuted, and then you could go after the government because now you have testimony from, from and evidence and proof from Pfizer showing the government told yeah. us to do this. You're going to go after the government on on a different thing of basically blackmailing or or bribing, you know, Pfizer and and Berla and all that kind of stuff. But you're not just you're not just going to skip over Pfizer and say, oh yeah, you guys are totally innocent. You did nothing wrong because oh, yeah. the government told you to do it. It's now you're now you have another lawsuit of going after the government after you go after Pfizer because of the, of what you learned during the case to go after Pfizer. Is that's that, that's it, logic. It'd be, it'd be like like you know I don't know like a guy named Joe Sacconi is is hired by the mob as a hitman and and hurts someone or kills someone in your family. You know you don't know everyone at the mob. You know or may, and maybe you know who the name of the head of the mob is, but you can't prove that that guy paid Joe Sacconi as a hitman. So do you go? I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. Joe works for the mob. And unless I bring in, you know, the three dozen heads of the mob that he had to go through, there's nothing I can do. That that's that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. You know, you know, you bring in the guy that's guilty, the one that shot that held the gun and shot the gun. You know, I mean, Pfizer made the vaccines. Yeah. You know, they sold them. They marketed them. And in regards to FDA approval too, what um, what cracks me up is, to my knowledge, nobody in this movement other than myself, has ever, ever launched an FDA-approved product, you know, has waited for the FDA approval, right? Um, has, you know, signed off on the design for the packaging, right? That they don't, they don't understand that there's like a small amount that is produced ahead of time that doesn't have the full packaging, that are samples that we were allowed, and then you sign off on the full manufacturing and labeling, you know, and then that run then becomes um, that becomes a full product run and they don't even understand that there's inventory of product produced that's on hold waiting to be packaged, right? So that inventory on hold waiting to be packaged, you know, if the FDA approval never happened and like the, like it just, the product didn't get approved, right? 
then that product wouldn't be an FDA product. Maybe we would call it a prototype or we'd call it a sample. And it, it was just an inventory and then we'd have to get rid of it. But once the FDA approval happens, that product then becomes the FDA approved product. We no longer call it prototype or sample. We call it product that's been FDA approved. And I think that's the other weird thing that people are like, oh no, Pfizer just deployed 2.7 billion prototypes on the globe. No, they didn't. They, 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 they deployed FDA approved product. Just take a look at their investor presentations. You know what, it, it, it's Comirnaty sales. Comirnaty is the brand name of the FDA approved product. And I know Comirnaty and BNT162B are the same thing. I know Pfizer said at some point, they're not exactly the same thing, but if you look at their Groton, Connecticut uh, paperwork, it says BNT162B has the S2P uh, proline uh, insertion and codon optimization, and it's the same thing as Comirnaty. Just that happens to be in their documents, you know? So, you know, the, Pfizer was laking up stories to create confusion, and then we were repeating those stories. And, and what I don't understand too, is like if you're an attorney, you would never, and you want to prosecute Pfizer, you wouldn't lead by saying, Your Honor, Pfizer is protected by the government, but we, we can't go after the government. You, you, you just go after Pfizer. You know what I mean? You don't give, you don't go, you're, you know, you don't lead with going, Your Honor, you know, you probably shouldn't even rule on this case, you know, which, are, you know, because of the EUA law. And that's what people are saying Ken Paxton's supposed to be saying. That's a bunch of hooicky. Um, in the Brooke Jackson case, Pfizer's attorney tried to tell the judge, that they didn't have authority to rule on the case. And the judge said, um, it says here that uh, the EUA laws that you're citing, they may apply. It doesn't say they shall apply. And the judge Cronkow told Carlton Wesson, Pfizer's attorney, uh, you know, you may want to consider your understanding of the English language and I'm yeah. going to rule on this case. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, and then when Pfizer tried to talk about the imaginary play theater, um, trials and the imaginary sorry the secret the secret contract <laughs> judge john called said that's inconceivable i mean again that's right that he used the word correctly you know um, out of the princess bride he's like it's not even worth a nanosecond of my brain to try to comprehend the stupidity of what you're saying right now <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it, it's it's crazy all, all that's going on, all that's going on when it comes to these kinds of narratives and what and what people are believing. But it, but it's it's really interesting to me because like I'll go I'll go on other shows and, and talk about these these kinds of things as, as a guest, and I can't tell you how how many of these hosts are repeating these narratives that they're that they're hearing from these yeah. influential people. And again, I don't necessarily fault the these these you know, influential, let's say podcasters or show hosts or things like that, because they're just repeating what, what they're told. But the thing is we have to, we have to go up the food chain and see, okay, where is this information coming from? And why is it, why does it seem like this information is continually coming from these same handful of people? And then it's yeah. just, it's just trickling down and you can really see the power that these handful of, of, in, of, I would call them influencers actually have over this entire movement because all they oh, have yeah. to do is they have to come out on, on one show and make some outlandish claim that ends up protecting Pfizer or Big Pharma or, or whoever it might be. And then all of a sudden, everybody just starts repeating it because it's outlandish. It's crazy. It's new information. And so everybody just starts repeating it as if it's fact when in reality, it's just disinformation. No, I, know, I, I think, I mean, sadly, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm friends with Stu Peters. I think his platform has been the only one that's consistently said you can go after Pfizer. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know, it's a psyop, Jeff, because just like 
you know, we have friends and family who are victims of this PSYOP who thought the vaccine was safe and effective, despite the fact that they are developing cancers and children are having heart attacks and heart inflammation and, you know, they're, they're on their fourth booster and seventh episode of severe COVID. They, they refuse to see the truth. And so despite the fact that the state of Texas, you know, which is bigger than most countries as far as population and, uh, and, and gross and revenues for sure, um, despite that they're suing Pfizer, despite the fact that Pfizer is now canceling contracts around the globe, despite the fact that Pfizer, they finally are shaking their boots. Their stock drops 45%. Their business partner's stock drops 45%. mRNA is probably going to be pulled out of the flu vaccines because Pfizer's being sued by Ken Paxton, and this is going to be successful. And people are still saying, no, 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 la, la, la. I don't believe it. Uh, the FDA approval never happened. You can't sue Pfizer. There's nothing you can do except hope that Russia uh, invades uh, America and there's military tribunals. And you're like, Ser seriously? <laughs> I was like, I was, you know, like, like, and, you know, again, it, it's just, like, just as it's so obvious to us how harmful those vaccines are and we can't figure out how to get through to them, um, you, me, um, I mean, I have a very small group of people that actually believe that this is legitimate, that actually understand there is a direct correlation between Pfizer being sued and their stock plummeting, you know, and then pulling out of Pfizer's pulling out of bio. I don't think people understand what that means. Um, that's, you know, to me, it looks like they recognize that their mRNA is um, it's dead. It, it's it's going up in flames. Yeah. And what I've always said is if you knock down the giant or take out the giant, which I think Pfizer is going to be taken out, then you knock down the industry. So the whole mRNA industry is going to start collapsing. Um, I don't know if the whole industry will be taken out, but it'll definitely collapse for at least another several years, hopefully at least 10 years. And and, and that's and that's what these bio companies uh, in China and the industry in general, they are and according to Moody's, you know, which is one of the biggest analyst uh, outfits out there, you know, is the not only is the COVID-19 market being reassessed and downplayed, it's the entire synthetic biology sector, which is the sector that merges foreign DNA with new species and inorganic materials with species, right? It is the sector that is, go is dedicated to transhumanism. It is Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. As Dr. Barbara Lona said, mRNA is the gateway into that sector of transhumanism and synthetic biology, uh, merging human bodies with non-human DNA and with um, our, um, inorganic material in the biodigital realm. So that whole sector is being reassessed because the truth has gotten out, and you know, and that's what and that's what Ken Paxton is saying. If people knew the truth about these injections they would have never agreed to them or agreed to them for their children to be exposed to them. And so as people learn the truth about synthetic biology and how mRNA is simply a code word 
for gene editing, you know, to happen inside the species, inside the inside the cells, inside the species, um, to merge the species with non with non species genetic material and the inorganic material. As people learn that, then they're going to say, no, I don't want to eat Impossible Burger, which is 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 not vegetarian. From it is a new chimeric species that uses embryotic animal cells, potentially human cells, as starter nutrients, merges it with uh, genetic materials from insects and other species and plant species and uses hemoglobin, which doesn't come from any plant. It has to come from an animal. It's like, let's not forget that. Um, and, and now they're calling it vegetarian. And then when we test for the genetic sequences, we're finding human DNA, insect DNA, you know, cow DNA, pig DNA, and they're calling it vegetarian meat. So, so I think that's really key is that it's not just affecting Pfizer, but when Pfizer's knocked down, it's going to raise awareness to then question whether or not we move forward with synthetic biology. And by the way, the whole industry, mRNA and SynBio, you know, everyone, you know, there's so many egos invested in it, but it's all done by AI. It's all done by artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's crazy how interlinked all of this is and you start pull you start, just start pulling on the string and you realize okay this is connected here which is connected here which is connected here and it's this kind of like um it, it, this interconnected uh is it, interconnectedness between even different different industries when, when you when you actually think about it and and i think that the, the brilliant thing i think about this lawsuit just from my perspective as as a layperson is that this now gives the opportunity to give all of us credibility to go talk to our friends and family ab about yeah. this and wait and wait and wake people up about the reality of this. And 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 this this is this is where I kind I kind of I come back to the importance of not of people not putting their their trust and their faith in all these influential people. Look at the facts. Look at the lawsuits. Look look at the documentation that, that like you're providing constantly on on your Substack. Because we have to take a step back away from this because if, if you're just following what somebody's saying, all of a sudden now you become susceptible to a PSYOP. And I think I think what's what's been interesting is I've been – I got into a little bit of a Twitter spat with a friend of mine, uh, Shannon Joy, who uh, w went after Tucker Carlson for interviewing uh, Alex Jones. And basically a lot of these people that are running in the DeSantis circles are like – Alex Jones is deep state and whatever it is. And I know the same accusations are made against Stu Peters and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you, do you get, you guys realize that Satan is not, is not this guy running around in devil horns that looks like the, the a, a devil that we see in all the movies. It's not going to be obvious. Like Alex Jones and Stu Peters are over the top, big personalities. They say, they say outlandish things. I don't always agree with them on everything. Like I don't agree with Stu on his on his take on the Middle East. I don't agree with Alex Jones on on quite a few things, but I don't think they're controlled opposition. You know who is controlled oppos opposition? The people that are super trustworthy, the people that are super clean cut, and 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 some of these people yeah. that are pushing a lot of this bad information. But they but they they're actually credible. They actually they actually should know the truth, and I would argue they do know the truth. But then they push all these all these lies and all these cover stories to protect Pfizer, Big Pharma, all all of that. It's not the it's not the big name outlandish people that make yeah. these big grand grandiose things. It's the it's the subtle it's the subtle guys that should that are, are actual experts that have been co opted. And I think that those are the guys that have led that have led this uh, this movement astray. Yeah, and I mean, I was told back in October to um, I had two choices. I had to stop saying 
stuff about Pfizer, basically, you know, and that we could go after them. And I had to stop talking about nanotech because I was told that um, if we didn't all believe and support everything Dr. Robert Malone said, right? And I think he got things wrong. I know he actually, I know he got things wrong. Like Pfizer can be sued and it's their intellectual property, not not just biotechs, okay? Um, I was told that, uh, um, that the whole movement would fall apart and also that they would make sure I was written out of history. Um, so that was a very strange conversation because um, you mentioned Stu Peters. People know I've been on a show on and off for two years now. We're, we are friends and we, we don't agree on everything. Uh, we've had some pretty, you know, um, high, high tempered uh, arguments, you know, about specific topics, you know, and we don't, we don't agree about everything. And so the concept that you have to agree about everything, you know, in order to actually succeed, that's, that is a PSYOP. That is a yep. CIA tactic. That is actually a cult tactic. That's what they do in a cult so that you do not have independent thought. That is what causes mass formation psychosis, you know, which Dr. Malone talks about. It's the fact that you, you, will, you cannot believe anything outside of your cult leaders. Even if they lie to you, you will continue to believe them because that means you're no longer part of the herd. You're not gonna be protected by them. So that, that to me was a, a real big red flag. And, um, you know, I think that's something people need to be aware of. And you bring up a great point. So why would you say Pfizer can't be sued, right? Because if our friends and family were betrayed and deceived by Pfizer and this product was so horrible, then they would say, if it was such a terrible thing, then why, why, are, why is your movement saying make it a choice? And okay, and then also, why is nobody suing Pfizer or pressing criminal charges? Well, because the people who, who are saying Pfizer, you know, is acting criminally are also saying, but there's nothing you can do about it. The people that are saying, yes, Pfizer should be sued. Oh, but they can't be sued. Oh, and by the way, if you listen to Karen Kingston, um, then you're against the movement, you know, and then you're against this person and that person. It's like, no, I, I you know, I'm not against these people. I'm saying they got things wrong. They got things epically wrong and yes they're epically wrong because now that the country of texas or the country this Floridian slip i hope it should be you know, it should be yeah i know they're, they have their own they're starting their own gold back uh system too yeah. i think uh the the state of texas is, su is suing pfizer and and it, it's having a seismic effect on on pfizer and on the whole mrna industry so um and you you actually brought to my attention that concept of we all have to have the exact same beliefs. I mean, like that's, I mean, it's like this weird cult Borg like mentality, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I appreciate Stu Peter so much is that we can disagree. I mean, I think even the last interview with him, we were, we were, we were kind of fighting on a few things, but anyway. Yeah. You know? No, but, but I, I feel like we need, we need more, we need more of that. Cause I think we need more views because we need, we need, we need to be challenged. And I think yeah. right now nobody wants to be challenged and everybody wants to just be in their own little echo chamber and find people that are like-minded and everything. And I'm like, this, this is how we get into this extremely polarized country where we can't get anything done. We can't find any agreement. We don't even agree on what truth is anymore because everybody has their own set of their own set of reality, you know, and, and I, I'm dealing with it right now in the, uh, in the GOP primaries where I'm just, I'm practically done with the Republican party altogether. I'm just like, screw it i'm 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 completely out of this. what about what about vic you're not on with vic 
I I I'm 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 liking I'm liking Vivek more and more. Vivek, every, yeah, yeah. Every 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 time every time he talks, I'm liking him more and more. And everybody's like, oh, he's he's a deep state operative, and he's this. And I'm like, I I've watched I've watched him on enough shows to where if he is actually lying, he he's got to be the most brilliant liar I think of all time. I think I think he would have to be a worse liar than or a better liar than uh, than than Gavin Newsom because Gavin Newsom's a phenomenal liar. Um, but, but like Vivek makes brilliant points constantly left and right. But what's interesting is like, you know, I, I get, I get sick of the, of the Trump crowd that, that will just use slanderous attacks on Ron DeSantis in order to discredit him. So they don't have to deal with his arguments. And then the same thing with, with the DeSantis crowd making these slanderous attacks against Trump and his supporters so where they don't have to deal with his arguments. And I'm like, we're just fighting on slander. And that's it. We're not actually able to disagree. I want to know, okay, what's the what's the actual difference between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis? And nobody can actually articulate that because they're, they're re- realistically, there's not a lot except except on a, on a handful of things. And I just saw Jenna Ellis post on Twitter. I think it was either yesterday or today. And she's like, no serious. There's no serious conservatives that support anybody outside of Ron DeSantis. And I'm like, that's that's an entire smear to where you don't have to deal with anybody else's argumentation because they're not a serious conservative. Yeah, that's that's the problem that we're having are these logical fallacies where we're not actually engaging with each other's perspectives. I would much rather see a conversation between you and Stu Peters, you know, strongly disagreeing with each other and actually dealing with each other's arguments than than saying, well, well, look, you're you're not you're not you're not a serious thinker. You're not a serious conservative. How about me? How about me and Dr. Robert Malone? I mean, I know Dr. Malone has and this isn't this isn't news. He's publicly expressed the fact that um, it's beneath him to speak to me. But if it wasn't <laughs> beneath him to speak to me, um, uh, you know, and again, this lawsuit, um, it, it follows much of my analysis that you can find on the Kingston report at KarenKingston.substack. Um, so, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm breaking it down. I actually know all the data that's, that they're talking about in here, except for the Scotland UK data, it's the new data that I learned about. But, you know, something like Dr. Robert Malone, like, let's debate whether or not Pfizer can be sued. You know, let's debate whether or not the FDA approval happened and, and what that means legally, um, from a regulatory perspective, what they, you know, um, but people don't want to debate on, I mean, it's 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 sad because people don't want to debate on our side, and I and I'm also surprised that there aren't more platforms covering the lawsuit. The, the best way to raise awareness, you know, and to raise awareness about the 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 harm of a product is through a lawsuit. You know, more you know the the most effective way to take out our competitors. You know, it wasn't anything the pharma companies did. It was a commercial that said, "Have you or a loved one been injured or, or killed?" you know, or died after receiving a Pfizer mRNA vaccine, call 1-800, I'm owed money. That the most effective way to wake people up is, is, is litigation and advertising that litigation and covering that litigation. So, you know, all of our alternative media, alternative media platforms for the medical freedom, freedom, medical freedom movement who have been saying, we wanna stop these injections, we wanna save our communities, we wanna save our children. You know, they, they should weekly, every day be mentioning, you know, this, this lawsuit, it's huge. And that's the way people wake up, you know? If someone's like, hey, Pfizer's vaccines, they're, they're effective and they're safe and they're wonderful. It's like, did you hear the state of Texas is suing them for over a quarter trillion dollars? Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a good point. And it's also, it's not one of these frivolous, frivolous lawsuits that, that are going out there and just making outlandish claims and get tossed or whatever it is. Like, 
No, this is this is actually by a state attorney general that's making yeah. valid, legitimate claims against a, a pharmaceutical company, and, and 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 that's the reality. And like you said earlier, Pfizer has a history. the The vast majority of these big pharma, you know, companies have it have a history of of lying and covering up data and manipulating data to fit their narratives and. You know, I, I know that um, in, you know, I, I don't know how, how much you agree with her or not, but like I know Candace Owens had that series shot in the dark where she went through all of these lies about all these different vaccines going going way back a very long time and showing this pattern uh, of big pharma using and manipulating data, uh, you know, for, for their own benefit in order to get things approved uh, yeah. w- when they shouldn't have been approved or at the very least have certain kinds of disclosures to l- allow parents to make actually educated decisions. And 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 so when, when we're looking at it from this perspective, the pharmaceutical co- industry, they have a track record. We know that they do. We know that they're dishonest. We know that they're basically a cartel or a, or a mob or a mafia and, and, and that they will lie, cheat and steal in order to get things through and make money and all of that. Why Why is everybody coming to their defense? It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And and the argument, too, is like, you know, I think some people are like, well, if we're going to take this vaccine off the market, which it's not a vaccine, right? It's, it's actually technically um, it's technically categorized as nanotechnology. That's literally what it's categorized as. But, you know, they're like, well, then we have to take all vaccines off the market. So that is the same argument is if I got caught going 85 down, you know, the 405 and I go into traffic court and I go, your honor, you cannot give me a speeding ticket because there was about two dozen other cars who were also going 85 miles an hour and a couple I saw going over 90 and they're not here. So I can't get my ticket. You can't give me it. Like it doesn't work that way because someone got away with a crime in the past, in the past, you know, that's, that's not that company. That's not that, you know, the defendant, you know, doesn't mean they can use to their defense judge. You have to go over after these other people before you go after me. That's just, how do how do how do attorneys this is what i mean okay how do attorneys on in our movement not understand that yeah it's 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 a it's a very good question and and that's that's what's been very frustrating for me and i always i always make the parallel it's like the exact same thing with what with what we're experiencing in the in the election fraud movement as well is is you 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 know it's for it's these lawsuits that don't actually go anywhere they make argumentations they're focusing on on the on the wrong aspect the wrong angle the, the wrong yeah. company, the wrong entity, and and then they go raise a whole bunch of money. They raise a crap ton of money in order, in order to, go, to go combat this, to fight this, and, and all of that. But when push comes to shove, they're not actually going down the route that they should be going. And and yeah. you know, and that's you know, with the election fraud thing, it's like they're trying to prove the 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 thing that may or may not have happened, but it's extremely difficult to prove. Like 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 if you're going to be focusing on Splunk logs and and you know, you know who hacked into what machines and prove, proving all that. When in reality, all you have to do is look at chain of custody and a handful of other things to be able to show. Okay, look, this this election was completely fraudulent. All that. It's like it's the same thing here. It's like you don't have to go and prove that that the the vaccine is making you you know owned by Pfizer or owned by the Department of Defense and making all this oh, outlandish. That's just so crazy. Like you yeah. don't have to go and make these impossible arguments. Make the simple argument: yeah. Pfizer lied. Pfizer yeah. covered all this up, and they killed people. Let's go yeah. sue them. And what I like is they actually, um, AG Pax's legal team, they actually confine the time period to 2021. So why is that important? And it's important because there are different laws regulating an FDA approved product versus an EUA product. And 
The FDA approval happened in August of 2021. The FDA approved production didn't begin until August or September. And they, the new drug codes are called NDC codes. The product was not filled, finished and packaged until December 22nd, 2021. So that means for the entire period of 2021, there was no FDA approved product available on the market. They didn't actually ship the FDA approved product until around June of 2021. I think that was the first shipment or May to the military. So why am I, this, why is this important? It's because per this lawsuit, Albert Burla was representing the emergency use authorized product as if it was an FDA approved product, right? So that's the deception. Right. And so when you get into when the product did become available on the market and, and what, what version it gets, gets to be, it just gets to be confusing. Right. Well, right. Did, he didn't really misrepresent it because the FDA said, but what he did misrepresent the emergency use and what it meant. And um, what it, what it meant is that the FDA never claimed that the product was effective or safe. Mm -hmm. It just may be effective. Right. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point because I, I remember and it was it was after one of my shows and I, I, I was like, OK, so I'm going to I'm going to call and I'm going to see uh, it was a, it was after the FDA approval. And and, and I was going to call a bunch of local pharmacies and I was like, OK, hey, uh, you you guys have the FDA approved vaccine, COVID vaccine. They're like, yes, we, we, we do. We've got the poster up front that says FDA approved, you know, all, all, all that, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And then I'm like, can, can you pull up just one of the boxes like. Does it say FDA approved? Does it say, does it say EUA? And time after time after time, it was EUA. And again, this is this is within that time frame between the FDA approval and when they actually started shipping, like 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 what yeah. you designated, right? And they're like, oh no, this is EUA, but it's it's FDA approved. It's FDA approved. It's FDA approved. But they were yeah. all just repeating the propaganda and the marketing tools that they got from Pfizer during that period of time as they were trying to get everybody vaccinated on on the quote unquote FDA approved vaccine. When in reality like you said, it didn't even ship until what was it? Six months, eight months, nine months later. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't ship. It, I mean, it, it technically could have shipped three, four months later, but I don't think it actually shipped until six months later, six yeah. or nine months later. But that's interesting too, because I can tell you in my grocery stores and pharmacies where I am in San Diego, I walked in, you know, it's September, October, 2021. And they're saying, come get your FDA approved uh, Comirnaty for COVID-19, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden, Pfizer realized that they broke their immunity shield and sent out a whole new wave of communications. And then all of a sudden, in January 2022, you know, I went in. I go, "Do you guys have FDA-approved product?" They're like, "No." I'm like, "You said you had it two months ago. What happened to it?" Yeah. They're like, "Oh no, we didn't." And I mean, it's like, yeah. well, you know, and they ran the ads, mm -hmm. you know. And well, they, so, so, they so released th those media buys. Yeah. So, so then, so then, would would that make? Would that make the local the local governments and things like that um, like participants in this as well from like a legal standpoint? Because like I I know in the state of California again I made I made phone calls during the same period of time where like I called the uh, the the Orange County um, Health Department I called the state of California Health Department and they 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 were all adamant these vaccines they're FDA approved here's the Comirnaty letter all all that kind of stuff and I was like if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get if I'm going to get vaccinated, I want to make sure it's the FDA approval one, right? But 
they would they could only refer me to the to the local pharmacies. They had no record of who had the FDA approval and who had the EUA. And all the local pharmacies only had the EUA while the state health department in California is advertising, get your FDA approved, uh, you know, Comirnaty vaccine. And so, so again, are they, are they culpable in, in all of this as well for repeating it? Or is it just that they, they're just repeating the lie that's coming from Berla and, and Pfizer? I think they should be culpable. I mean, down here is this Dr. Chip Schooley, who was the medical advisor and he's an infectious disease expert out of UC San Diego. And he was saying, because, you know, part of what I was objecting to the vaccine mandates in San Diego was, you know, this, you don't even have FDA approved product. And he said, that's nonsense, basically. He's like, you know, and I was like, no, it's emergency use authorized. It's the, it's the experimental product. It's legally distinct, you know? And, and they were like, no, no, there's FDA product approved. So, you know, the fact that they, whether they were telling, whether they were, they were lying out of um, like knowingly lying or they were repeating a false statement out of ignorance, the fact that they had the authority, the title and the expertise that they should have known better, you know, um, I, I believe that they're, they, they should be culpable. Yeah. So, 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 the, so the, for people that are watching this, like, what, what do they, what did they need to do with this information? So, like, now we know Ken Paxton is 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 suing Pfizer, and he's he's ma he's making pretty much the if not if not most or all you know the right the right arguments on, on this kind of a thing. So, people take this information. Is there anything that the everyday person can do now? Now that we know the truth about, okay, yeah, uh, we, we we can't sue. Yeah. Pfizer. What, what do we do with this? I mean, I think there's a couple things. I mean. So I, I don't know the deceptive tra the, the um, fraud <laughs> laws by state, right? I mean, I'm just the only reason why I know Sarbanes Oxley is because again, uh, executives cannot misrepresent financial data, but then they also they have to act in an ethical and moral manner, and so it has to do with the data that their entire company oversees, right? So investors can also sue Pfizer under Sarbanes Oxley, like they and not Pfizer, they can sue the executives, they can sue Albert Berla because he fraudulently misrepresented the phase three data and Scott Gottlieb, who sat on the board, who oversaw the regulatory for these products, um, that's my understanding based on this lawsuit, uh, he can be sued. Uh, G um, Rady Johnson, the VP of regulatory advisor. Um, and then under Sarbanes-Oxley, the CEO and the CFO also can be sued. And uh, the, the um, CTO, the chief technology officer, is also responsible for the quality of the data. You know, So all this stuff goes through these large IBM Watson and Adobe Sensei, you know, databases and platforms and whatnot, and they're responsible for that data. So there's that. And then in regards to um, being injured, I, I, I don't see any reason why people can't sue Pfizer under catastrophic injury for tort law. Um, and but it shouldn't be filed under a, it's not a vaccine product. So don't 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 pretend that it is. There's nothing about it that meets the definition of a vaccine per Pfizer and the FDA. Right. It doesn't prevent transmission. It doesn't prevent infection. It doesn't prevent protection against variants and when you get the injection it increases your risk to, to develop disease uh it is it is it was and it was not done under bona fide research which was also pointed out in this lawsuit so that means that the research that was being done under emergency use authorization was criminal experimentation with a toxic agent a toxic substance or a weapon so um this is this is uh the catastrophic injury to me is it, it would be no different than a criminal lawsuit for being poisoned um, Albert Berla was saying there's a safe and effective vaccine that he knew was causing disease, disabilities, and death in formerly healthy adults and children. How do we know they were formerly healthy? 
because the title of Pfizer's phase three study is the use of, you know, mRNA BNT162B in healthy adults and children, right? For the yeah. prevention of COVID-19. So they, they were healthy and, you know, how many of them died? 20, over 20 died that we know of at least, and many, many more uh, became disabled and diseased, you know, probably in the thousands we're looking at now. So, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, so I, so I feel, so, you know, obviously I think, I think for me, the, the, the other takeaway is everybody to take a step back and not be a follower. And, and I think that that, that, that's one of the things that I think has really led our, our movement astray to a certain degree is, you know, you've got these big personalities that, that are running, running all over the place, doing interviews, some of them doctors, some of them not, some of them attorneys, some of these, all, all these different things. And some of, some of them, I think, are intentionally spreading misinformation, but some of them are just repeating information that they heard from somewhere else that, that, that sounds good or sounds controversial or will get a headline or whatever it might be. And I think that we need to take a step back. We need to look at, okay, but what, what does the documentation actually say? What do the facts say? What do we know yeah. versus what, what's the conjecture? And I think that that goes for everything, that not just not just COVID. It goes for everything with politics. It goes with just life in general. But I think that this, I think, should be a good lesson to all of us to just take a breath, take a step back, look at the big picture and figure out what do I know is true versus what don't I know may or may not be true and what do I know is false. Because I think a lot of people have been led astray by a lot of people in our movement in order to believe the 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 covid jab was was never actually fda approved it, it it's a dod uh you know complete operation where they own it pfizer's just the marketing art like like they're believing yeah. all of this hype and all of these lies because they're just repeating what they're hearing and and realize that's how you get sucked into a psyop we need to we need to get out of the cycle yeah i mean it says right here um just just i'm um, just read it to you guys so that they your people who are listening you know it's 32. Um, I, I just want people to know that this is, um, I, lo I, I love this. It's paragraph 34, they accuse uh, uh, Albert Burla. They go in summary, without reporting the absolute risk reduction, right, and correcting the public's misunderstanding of vaccine efficacy, dissemination of vaccine efficacy um, is meaningless and misleading disinformation. So I love the fact that they're turning Verla because Verla on November 9th on NBC said that um, those who spread misinformation about the COVID vaccines are criminals. And when in fact, you know, he is the criminal. And he said that those who spread disinformation have cost millions of lives. So basically accusing someone like myself as a murderer when, you know, if, you, if you're gonna follow that logic, Verla, you're the murderer. You know, yeah. I mean, like, so like, uh, but here, okay, it's section 37, paragraph 37 of the lawsuit. It says, um, uh, demonstrating its importance as a business opportunity, Pfizer invested $2 billion in the COVID-19 vaccine project with the vast majority incurred in 2020. Notably, Pfizer did not take any money from the US government in conjunction with Operation Warp Speed to provide financial support for vaccine research and development. So that's key and nobody understands that Pfizer didn't get paid until they delivered product they didn't do, they didn't develop this with the with the military so so, just, uh, the so Pfizer... just, just to confirm for people that are watching so basic so basically what you're saying is 
what the government paid for was the finished product. They weren't paying for yeah. the development of the product, which, which which would be the you know basically you know Pfizer saying, look, we've got a vaccine. The government's like, okay, we'll buy it so that we can distribute it and distribute it you know for free of charge to everybody. That's basically what happened. It wasn't that the government was investing in developing the technology. They were not, and the second right. uh, second sentence in paragraph thirty-seven. You guys can find this on my Substack, or you can find it on Ken Paxton's website. Second sentence, paragraph 37, the Pfizer U.S. government supply agreement entered into on July 22nd, 2020, provided that Pfizer fully retained all patents and in their intellectual property arising from the project. Yep. Yep. I, it's pretty straightforward. It's really straightforward. So, you know, people can talk to a personal injury attorney if they were injured or if they had a loved one die, um, you know, specifically uh, neurological disorders, um, blood clotting, you know, cardiovascular disorders, heart attacks, you know, all, all that, you know, uh, women who suffered, uh, bleed, you know, hemorrhaging, bleeding, you know, menstruation irregularities, sorry. Um, you know, all of that's listed under the October 22nd, 2020 meeting. And then, you know, in the FDA documents, it clearly states that this causes myocarditis, but it states that they have no evidence to prove that it was effective as a vaccine. So, um, you know, I think going after Pfizer under so if you're saying there's no evidence that it's effective as a vaccine, then how can you possibly claim it's a vaccine? It's not a vaccine. Right. Um, so they can go after Pfizer, I think, under, again, for catastrophic injury under tort law. They just got, got to get a good judge. And if they're like, what evidence do you have? And sorry to be promoting, but my substack, go to Karen Kingston's substack. There's the $3 trillion substack. There's when does cherry picking become a crime? Uh, there's the sheriff's letter, you know, which I posted three or four times that goes through all the damaging evidence and it has all the references. Uh, there's intended consequences, you know, that shows how Pfizer intentionally moved forward and then misrepresented um, their harmful uh, inoculations as safe and effective vaccines. So it's all there. Yeah. No, it, it is. And yeah, I highly encourage everybody to go over to go over to your Substack and, and look, actually look at the documentation and, and learn this information yourself, because it, it, it get like you said, it's it's all right there. It, 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 it really is. And uh, and, you know, my 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 thing, my thing is that there, there's a lot of influential people out there that are going to push all these different, uh, you know, theories and narratives and, and all that kind of stuff. And we've invited some of them to come on the show and debate and they, they always refuse. And I would argue it's probably because they don't they know they don't have actually they they won't that their argument will not hold up to scrutiny. Uh, is, is, yeah, but is I've, I've even offered to debate people on other platforms, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, you want to have me on with Steve Kirsch or Children's Health Defense or The War Room? And it's just a no. And so, you know, you, you I just I just wonder, though, it, it's kind of like um, we criticize the left because they won't have, you know, our thought leaders on, you know, they won't talk to, I mean, Alex Jones is still off of Twitter right now. So we, but then within our own movement, you know, people who, such as myself, who want to give evidence and facts to empower people to take action, to, to stop these crimes that are being committed and to take down the giant. I am the one that's not welcome. That doesn't make sense. And, or, okay. Or if you're like, well, she's not credible. And again, Dr. Robert Malone has said this, so I don't, I, I feel very comfortable saying he said, I'm not credible. Well, then the easiest thing to do would be to debate me and destroy my credibility, humiliate me if I'm so wrong, you know? Yeah. But that, that won't happen, you know? So it, it's just a very strange, um, it's a strange dynamic, you know? I, 
I, and I don't, I'm, I, I'm not saying Dr. Malone is incredible. I don't, I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm not saying, and I, and I think he's absolutely brilliant, but I do disagree with him on some topics, you know? And, and, and that's the thing. That's okay. I, I don't, I don't know yeah. why everybody gets, get everybody gets so flustered and upset that like, oh my gosh, you disagree with, with so-and-so based. And it's like, that's okay. So let, let's hash it out. Let, let's, let's talk through it. That's the thing that I, I don't understand. And what's interesting is that a lot of these guys that are, that are on our side that refuse, that will refuse to debate, they're using the exact same argumentation that what's his name? Uh, Hotez used in order to justify not debating RFK on Joe Rogan's podcast. Oh, that's beneath me. He's a liar. He's spreading disinformation. He's, yeah. you know, he's not credible. It's the exact, it's the exact same tactic. And, and, and everybody in our slides, like, how dare you, if you actually had the truth in your side, you would, de you would debate RFK and make, make him look like a fool, but then they'll turn around and do the exact same thing on our side too. And it's this hypocrisy, I think within, yeah. within the conservative move, movement in general, it's like on one hand, we, we oppose cancel culture, but if we're doing it, it's totally okay. And I, and I feel, I feel like it's the same argumentation here. Well, it's also, it's not as if I, I don't have any credibility. I mean, again, I'm, I've got almost 30 years experience in the industry as a med legal, you know, de over a decade as a med legal advisor and biotech analyst. And, you know, my, my work is cited by Lieutenant General Kirioff, head of the Russian, you know, nuclear and biowarfare protection programs. Okay. Um, this, this lawsuit is, I mean, some of the stuff is, it, I know it's verbatim of some of, of my work. Um, the Brooke Jackson case, I mean, Again, these guys worked, you know, I know they subscribed to my Substack, but you look at how Barnes argued um, the contract in the Brooke Jackson case and how Pfizer had to deliver a safe and effective vaccine that met the same safety standards as any FDA approved product. And, you know, it, opening paragraph, page one of the contract, it says you must deliver a, a safe and effective vaccine that prevents SARS-CoV-2 infection and prevents infection from its variants. So like, I mean, so it's not as if my work isn't being used in, in literally war rooms around the globe and in lawsuits that are, are standing up to their arguments, right? Um, and I just want to be clear, the Brooke Jackson case is, is likely going to be dismissed. Not, they, they never bring up the EUA law. That's never mentioned. Um, by the judge as a reason for dismissal like Pfizer tried to play that card and the judge just you know told them you know um you need to understand the law and the English language basically better uh, it's being dismissed because Brooke is suing Pfizer on behalf of the government right that that's what it is and then when you know if she won the government would get she would get 30 percent approximately 30 percent of, of the settlement and what the government is saying is there's something called Polanski versus executive healthcare, which started in 2012 and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court this summer. And at the end of the day, uh, the U.S. government had said pretty much from day one. And Polanski is a doctor who said, I'm part of executive healthcare. It's like this large, you know, healthcare organization, you know, thousands of doctors are contracted in it and they're committing mass Medicare, Medicaid fraud through the defrauding the central you know, CMS, uh, Centers for Medicaid Services, right? And so the U.S. government, you know, they're saying to, to the uh, U.S. government, like, look, if you look into this, you're going to see how much fraud there is. And the U.S. government said, we don't want to do the work. We don't want to look into it. So keep in mind, when Brooke Jackson first brought her case forward, looked like there was potentially four people. I think that's what they presented that would have had COVID in the Pfizer group. And, and then they said, but there's more at other sites and they have the Argentinian site. And they're like, look, if the government looks into it, 
she, she didn't she didn't absolutely prove fraud she they and i'm not it's not critical this is just the evidence that they had that they started with they're saying if you look into it you're going to see this epic fraud and so the government can say we don't want to look into it like we don't like and the, and that's not atypical for the government to say i don't want to be bothered with it and it's especially not going to be atypical you know if um if it's going to um uh, what's the word i'm looking incriminate them as well right so so it's not people don't understand like there's not one way to prosecute Pfizer, right? The, the key Tom laws, the whistleblower laws, have nothing to do with tort law and catastrophic injury. They have nothing to do with investor fraud. They have nothing to do with consumer fraud. And by the way, those three right there, consumer fraud, investor fraud, uh, tort law, catastrophic injury, those are three separate categories with three different sets of laws. Like, how do people not understand this, Jeff? Yeah. It's, and, it's, and they're different laws by state. Yeah, I I I know, and, you know, and and uh, it's I don't know, it's it's just it's just mind boggling mind boggling to me. Uh, we 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 had, a, we had a comment on on here that I just want to make sure that we hit home only because it's just asking for more information, right? So, uh, so on the live chat on on Rumble, we, we had a we had a lot of comments throughout, but one of the questions was, can you leave those resources to start? Grand jury evidence section thirty seven and all that all that was referenced. I'm assuming go to go to your Substack, right? Yeah, they go to my Substack. You'll see. I mean, I reference it um, in in the articles that I'm writing on on the Ken pa on the Texas suing Pfizer. You can also go to Ken Paxson's website, and um, you can see the lawsuits that he has, and you can you can link uh, you can link to the document there. Keep in mind, Ken, Ken Paxson also issued a stay against Mayorkas and Biden in regards to their open border policy, right? So, the, the, you know, God bless Texas. God bless Ken Paxton, right? So he's he's stopping the invasion. He's sending his own um, uh, reinforcements down there to stop people from coming in. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's, he's actually following through with action. We, we, we need more of that, and I hope we'll have more attorney generals follow, follow up on that. So uh, so in, in closing, obviously, everybody should go subscribe to your to your Substack, karenkingston.substack.com. Um, and I know, I know you've been you've been uh, promoting uh, the, the wellness company as well. Tell, tell everybody about that and, and what you recommend over there. Uh, sure, yeah. So I've actually been in conversations with um, the guys, Foster and Peter, for almost two years now. And uh, I think people know that I, I, I traditionally don't endorse products unless I've used them and I've really done a lot of research. So I, I am a strong advocate and supporter of the wellness company. I officially became an affiliate with them uh, just a few months ago. And, and what I recommend is people get one of the prescription medical kits to have on hand. And you and I have talked about this before. So it's for acute infections. So whether you have an acute respiratory infection or a viral infection or fungal infection, any pretty much any of those you know, anything that can cause um, um, a severe but short-term infection, you know, over over the holiday season and stuff, uh, it's good to have uh, antibiotics, antivirals, antifungals, antiparasitic medications on hand. Um, so, to, you know, to get ahead of those symptoms. Um, personally, I, I don't I don't like going to urgent care anymore. The last couple times I went, just for simple prescriptions, and one time it was a sinus infection, uh, they, they try to get me admitted to the hospital, kind of like in the COVID days, you know, and so um, I just prefer to avoid it. So just use the code Kingston and you get 10% off and support me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that's uh, TWC.health. And then if you guys use co code Kingston, you guys get, you guys get a discount and, and, and all and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. 
And then the one other thing that I'm that I'm telling everybody as well is is, is especially because we've we've got a new sponsor with Freedom First Network, which is Freedom First Beef, which is freeze dried beef for you know people that are prepping and, and things like that. But we but we actually source all of our cows to where we know okay they're not they don't have growth hormones. We know they don't have mRNA shots. We know they don't have antibiotics. They're to- totally you know all natural, organic, like the whole the whole deal. So we're actually we're actually following through with the sourcing all the way back to the farms to where we know all the, the entire process. So a lot of people. Are are doing that because they because if you go if you go to other prepper companies, vast majority of them they're just taking the scraps and the leftovers of the, of the cheapest meats you can possibly find and then overcharging you. So if you guys go to free, well, you also you know that they're cows too. That they, yeah. some of the stuff that they're selling is meat is is it's a new organism. Yeah, it's not it's, even come a cow anymore. I know you and you you have to you have to be super careful. You got to know the sourcing like. And and what a lot of people don't don't realize as well is the vast majority of, of the meat that's sold here in the United States is imported from other countries. Like it's 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 wild, and they'll still put the stamp of of, of approval of saying you know made in USA, even if it came from like Argentina or Australia or New Zealand or whatever it is. It's it's wild when you actually dive into that. So, uh, but if you guys do want to order that and stock up, and again be prepared for whatever it is, if you guys can go to freedomfirstbeef.com, use code Foxhole, you guys get fifteen percent off over there. But then that way you guys know that you're actually getting something that is that is sourced the right way, the way that, the way that you want that. So I highly encourage you guys to do that as well but uh but karen i always appreciate you coming on i always appreciate your insight and i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where that where this lawsuit goes because i think i think uh paxton's definitely onto something here yeah you know he is because they tried to uh, impeach on the texas house as right. soon as he started the investigation so thanks yeah. for having me oh yeah definitely uh everybody else as well again go to our substack karenkingston.substack.com you guys can go to mine jeffjornick.substack.com and then uh yeah ho- hopefully we'll be, we'll be back next week we'll do another episode of the show Make sure you guys are subscribing to Freedom First Network on Rumble, and then you guys will get notified anytime any of our shows go live. So make sure you guys are doing that as well. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. We shall catch you guys next time.